Let's believe God together and uh, then open up the Word. Father God, we do thank You for Your Word, Lord. We know that You're a God of love and that Your desire is for us to know You and to know more about You and to know about more about Your love for us. So, Lord, we pray today that as we open Your Word that there come an utterance, an anointing, that there come revelation of Your Word and of Your goodness in our lives, Lord. And we just pray for hearts that would receive it, ears that could hear it, eyes that could perceive it, Lord. And we, we, we purpose in our hearts to receive it by faith and not, not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers of your word. And we give you glory in advance for every good thing that will happen because of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, let's open our Bibles to Matthew 7. You know, last time I preached was in January, wasn't it? Somewhere. It's a long time ago. Here, anyway. And we were talking about receiving and giving. Amen? And uh, guess what? God still has me on that. I actually preached on giving last week in Florida. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say you preached on us giving. I preached on giving. Not on us giving, on giving. You know, the giving is uh, more than just... Uh, me handing you something. Giving starts in the heart. It doesn't start in the hand. Amen. Amen? That's why God's the ultimate giver. He is a giver because He is love. And so He is the ultimate giver. He has given us all things. And when He says, I gave it to you, He truly gave it to you. No strings attached. You know, we, we, we have yo-yo givers. You know, here, take that. No, here, take it. <laughs> you know, we... Or, you know, give you something and then find, try to find out what you did with it later. And, you know, that's not how God gives. He gives knowing and, and he, he gives in faith, believing that we'll do the right thing with what He gives us. Amen? He believes in us. Do you know God believes in you? People say, I don't know why God believes in me. You know, I for sure don't know why He would believe in me, but He does. You know why he believes in me? Because he loves me. And love always believes, always hopes, always perseveres. That's why he believes in you too. You know, because a lot of people say, you know, and I know I've said this before, a lot of people say, why do you love me? If you answer that question, then you did the wrong thing. There is no answer to why do you love me. You love because you can. The answer to why you love me is I can. Yeah. That's the, but what, what if somebody says, why do you love me? And says, well, because you take such good care of me. Well, that means that once they quit taking good care of you, you no longer love them. Right? I mean, John answered it. He said, we love God because He first loved us. What was he really saying? He said, you couldn't have loved unless He gave you love to love with. Why? People that don't know God don't know love. And because we know God and we know love, we have the ability to love. So we love each other because we can, not because of what somebody's done for us. And we give because we can, not because somebody needs it, not because somebody wants it, not, not, not just to fix a problem. We give because we can. We can give out of a heart of love that truly has unfailing results every time it's done. Amen? It's a good thing to give. Love gives. So we're, we are predisposed. Look at that. We have a predisposition to give. In other words, somebody's more likely to get something from us than not. Right? Why? Because we're full of the love of God. 
When somebody presses on you, guess what's coming out? Love. Amen? Matthew 7, verse 8. This, this is where we kind of started last time I was here. It said, everyone that asks receives. How, how many receive? And it's not everyone receives. You know, I think, I think maybe I said everyone receives one time, but I was wrong. It's everyone that asks. You know, a lot of people... A lot of people just think they ought to receive. And they'll quote that verse that God knows what you have need of before you ask. But do you notice he said before you ask? Right? Even though he has... Why? Why do you need to ask? You know, if you go on up, actually if you go up in this, in this very thing, in verse 6, in verse 6, Matthew 7, 6, it says, Give not which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine. Somebody who won't ask doesn't value what you're getting ready to give. Amen? You know, a lot of people give people the gospel and they didn't ask for it. Guess what you're doing? You're throwing pearls before swine. You're, cat, you're, you're giving what's holy to dogs. Why? And you say, are you calling them dogs? No, I'm calling them not valuing what you're getting ready to give them. That's why God says ask. Asking literally shows a desire to have. Amen? Not asking shows an expectation of you to do something for me. Then it's no longer a gift. It's, it's something paid. Right? If I, if I just never ask, but I just expect you to do it for me, then you owe it to me. Right? I'm, I'm not getting deep, I promise. <laughs> not, I'm, not really, I'm, not, I'm not really that deep. Right? If, if, you, if, you, if I owe you something or you owe me something, I cannot give it to you. Right? Amen. But if I ask you for something, if I place a demand on the love of God in you, asking is placing a demand on something. You know, a lot of people say, demand, demand of God. You know, I never liked that. I'm like, I know, the, I know the word literally means demand. I really do. But, you know, for me to stand before God and say, I demand... And that's the way America sees the word demand. But this is to put a demand on God. When you ask for something, you put pressure on love. And when you put pressure on love, just like we said before, then you get a love answer. Amen? When you put pressure on love, and if you go on down in these chapters, in this very chapter, he says, if you being, I got my verses so backwards, let's see where we're at here. In verse, in verse 11, in, in chapter 7, he says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts... In other words, if you... And he's talking to people who don't have the Holy Ghost, who don't, aren't, don't have the love of God in them, being evil, know how to give good gifts. Know how to give good gifts. If you know how to give... Right? What's he saying? To your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven... Give good things to them that what? Ask them. So the key is to ask, but one of the first keys is to believe in His goodness. A lot of people aren't asking Him because the devil's lied on Him so much that they think that He's as wishy-washy as the world. Right? They say, well, I've asked and asked. He didn't do anything for me. I've asked. I've asked and I'm in faith and I'm not getting. Do any of those words match what God said. And if they don't match what God said, can they be right? 
It's, he said, everyone that asks receives. So this is not a giving problem. Right? We talked about that last time. It's not a giving problem. God said, everyone who asks receives. Right? It could be a receiving problem, but it is not a giving problem because God said, everyone that asks receives. And He says, I'm a good father. If, you, if your kid asks for something, He said, if your kid asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? You know, because you got people out there that say stuff. They say, ah, I asked God and He gave this to me. I guess it was a blessing in disguise. Snakes are not blessings in disguise. Right. <laughs> you know, I was blowing leaves out of my yard yesterday. And, and I looked down and there's a snake about that big and he's about that. And I still didn't like him. <laughs> I don't like snakes. They're not your friend. They're not your pal. You can't trust a snake. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about snakes, except for you wouldn't give your kids one. Right? You know what? When Ramsey would ask for something, usually we didn't just try to get her what she asked for. We tried to go above and beyond, although it was very hard because she thought big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when she asked for something, she didn't ask for the small one, the little one, or the cheap one. Right? And we don't have to be that way with God either. When you come up to Him and say, Oh, God, if I could just have this. He says, No, no, no. My desire is for you to have this. Amen? What you want to put pressure on when you ask God for something is His love and His desire. His desire for you is so much greater than your desire for you. Amen? You, it says you can't ask greater than you can ask or imagine is what He'll give. Right? So when you ask for something, know that you're asking a God that gives more than you can ask or imagine. Glory to God. He's exceeding abundant. And that's what He's saying in this verse. I'm your Father. And that's the other thing. He wants you to know you're part of the family. When you ask, you're asking the Father. You're not just asking God some something out in the atmosphere. You're asking your heavenly Father who has ability and access to all things and who desires you to have it. Now, now, now are you getting how it could get easy to ask in faith? Right? Because when you ask that Father, then you're about to get from the heart of that Father. Amen? If I wanted to give Ramsey so much more than she asked for, he wanted to give her way more than I even could ask or imagine. Because he's that good. Amen? Your father always desires good for you. You know my dad's sitting back there? And I know every day of our life, no matter what we had, his desire for me was good. His desire to get me stuff. And when he went to the store, he didn't think about himself. You know, we, we find that true now. We'll go shopping, even when Ramsey's not there. And we, when we walk out, we're like, well, we bought Ramsey stuff. We didn't get nothing for us. <laughs> that's, that's how God is. We're His children. He's not looking out for Him. He's looking out for us. And He loves us. And He desires for us to ask greater and bigger things all the time. And He desires to, for us to put a demand on the love that's within Him. Why? Because you're demanding His desire for you. Amen? When you ask for healing, 
He already wanted you to be healed. He put it in place before you asked. That's how much He wanted you to be healed. Amen? Love answers before it's asked, but it wants to be asked. Right? When was forgiveness there? After you sinned or before you sinned? Before you sinned. Amen? Love isn't patient and kind after somebody's mean to it. It's patient and kind all the time. So guess what? When somebody's mean to it and puts pressure on it, it's still patient and kind. Why? Because it was patient and kind before. Right? Always ready to give. Keeping no records of wrongs. When is it keeping no record of wrong? Before you wronged it. Amen? Dave's preaching on love again. Yeah. Dave needs to know more about love. That's why he preaches on it. You guys just get to hear about it. Amen? Because asking is the key to receiving. It's also the key to us giving out of the love of God in us. It says, be ready to give an answer to everyone that asks of you. Right? It doesn't say, be ready to give an answer to everyone. I know people have believed that. And they went out and they said, we've got to go witness to the world. We've got to give everybody, show everybody why we believe what we believe and tell them whether they like it or not. No. Nope. It says, tell them if they like it. That's what it says. <laughs> right? It says, everyone that asks for an answer. Now, everyone may not ask with their mouth. Sometimes they ask with their action. And your action back will show them your answer. Right? Remember what I said? Love's not patient and kind after someone's mean to it. Many times somebody's asking what you really believe when they're being mean to you. Right? And when you react nice and kind and patient, then you answered them what the, what for the hope that's within you. Right? You answered them. Jesus answered everyone that asked. Amen? He answered people who wanted to be healed. Right? Think. <laughs> okay. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Remember what he said in, in Matthew 7, 6? He said, don't give that which is holy to dogs. Amen? Look at uh, Matthew 15. Let's just look at an account here. Remember what Jesus said in, in Luke 6? He said, give to every man that asks. Right? And people look at that verse and they're like, man, I'm going to be out of money in a hurry. He didn't say give him money. Did he? He said, give to every man that asks. We always have something to give. You wonder how I came up with that in the offering? Because I realized that's what I've been studying all week. Give to every man that asks of you. How can you do that? It's not a money thing. Everybody, see, when we think about giving, too often we think about a money thing. You know, there's very few instances in the Bible where we see Jesus giving money. But He's giving all the time. Now don't get me wrong, he, he sent Judas out to give and on occasions, and we don't know what all he gave but that in, in, money, in monetary form. But we do know that he gave all the time. And he gave to people who ask. Glory to God. In Matthew 15 and verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan, this is the Syrophoenician woman, everybody knows that, right? Canaan came out, of the, came, came, out of the, came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. 
Well, you know, a lot of people say, well, she didn't ask anything. She'd ask a whole bunch. What did she just call on? She called on the love of God. She said, have mercy on me. You can't say have mercy on me without putting pressure on the love of God. She immediately said, have mercy on me, then called him who he was. O Lord, Son of David. And then she said, she, she told him the problem. My, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But she immediately asked or demanded of the love of God. She put a demand on the love of God. And in verse 23, he ignored her. Well, you know, people say, oh, that's rude. No. No, Jesus had an assignment. He was here on assignment. And then this was not rude. This, this is what the Spirit said do, right? How many know Jesus wasn't rude? She made a demand on love. She was a Syrophoenician woman. She was not of the household. Amen? She wasn't a child of God, if you will. She wasn't a child. She wasn't a Jew at that point, if you really want to go that far with it. And and they said, send her away. We don't even want to hear. This is this is how much the disciples thought of her. Send her away. They didn't want to hear her anymore. Why? Because she still was asking. She did not quit asking. Right? right? She she followed after. Why? Because she knew where the answer was. She knew where the answer was. She didn't quit asking. You know, a lot of people beg. She didn't keep quit asking. Why? Because she called on the mercy of God. She knew who she called on, and she knew who she talked to to get it. So she believed she was getting ready to get something, and she wasn't going to leave there without it. Amen. How do you want to ask? You want to be persistent, not a beggar. You know, it's like, like the little kid that wants something. Please, 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 please. That's not what she was doing. She was following after him. And she was unwilling to leave without what she came for. Why? Because she knew He had it. Amen? Verse 24, And He answered, I'm not sent to, but to the lost sheep of... And He's actually answering His disciples there. I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, I'm, I don't have an answer for her. I don't have an answer for her. Not I'm not going to answer her. I don't have an answer for her. Right? A lot of people said, he just didn't want to answer her. No, he didn't have an answer for her. That time hadn't come yet, right? Right? She didn't, she didn't believe that. Right? She kept asking. Verse 25. And she came and worshipped him. So she, you know, th this is different than begging. This is worship. In other words, she came in faith, believing, putting, and demanding of that love. That's an act of worship. When you put a demand on God's love, it's not an act of how we demand things here today. I demand my rights. That is not worship. How many know that you did not bless the person you're demanding it from? Right? That's not what putting a demand on love is. Putting a demand on love is seeking it with all your heart and being unwilling to leave without what love has for you. Because you know love wants it more for you than you wanted to get it. Amen? That's putting a demand on love. You don't yell and scream to get things from God. He'll, he'll treat you just like you treat your kids when they yell and scream to get something. Well, you're obviously not ready for this. I've had it for you all this time and you're obviously not ready to receive it. Because you don't receive by yelling and screaming. You receive by asking and believing. 
She's asking and believing. That's an act of worship. And she worshipped Him saying, Lord, how'd she worship me? She called Him Lord again. Somebody who doesn't even have God called Him Lord. That's an act of worship. Amen? And so Jesus said, wow, this lady's great, right? No. No, why? Next verse. He answered, He said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Don't give that which is holy unto dogs. In other words, this nation had not appreciated, respected, or had a reverence for the Word of God. And he said, I will not take the Word, that which is holy, and cast it to a dogs. Amen? You know, a lot of people say, man, he called her a dog. He said what he said several chapters ago. Don't take that which is holy and cast it to a dog. Right? In other words, they don't value my words. Syrophoenician people do not value the Word of God. They do not serve God. Amen? So I'm not going to take what's holy and give it to them. And so, of course, she said, well, yeah, you're right. I'm Syrophoenician. I guess I can't have it. No. She was a persistent asker. Huh? Why? Because she knew if she could just get into the house, if I can just get into the house, I don't need to be part of the family if I can just get in the house. So she said, yeah, yeah, even dogs eat what falls what? She has to be in the house to eat the crumbs falling from the table. She put herself in the house. She didn't care how she got there. I'll be a dog if that's what it takes. I'm going to get in the house and I'm going to get a crumb and I'm going to get what you have for me. That's a persistent asker. She said, truth, Lord, yet dogs. (laughs) In other words, if I'm a dog in your house, I'm in good shape. Right? We always said if we were going to become, if there was such thing as reincarnation, we wanted to come back and be a dog in my dad's house. Man, they ate the best of the house, huh? Had everything they wanted. This lady's smart. She's not going to quit, and she's going to find a way to get what's in God's house. All I got to do is get in the house. I don't care if it's by way of being a dog under the table. All I need is a crumb. All I need is a crumb. That's the kind of asker that we'll receive. Somebody who knows the power of God, who understands the love of God, and is unwilling to be moved by anything else. Now everybody says, well, yeah, she wanted her daughter healed. She wanted her daughter healed because she loved her, but she knew the love she was asking. Amen? And when she put pressure, demand on that love, it couldn't stop. It couldn't stop. And she, did, she was persistent. And by being persistent, in verse 28, <laughs> Jesus answered, He still didn't say my child, did He? He didn't say daughter, did He? Uh-uh. He said woman. Woman, great is thy faith. What? She asked enough to get it. She was persistent enough in, in pursuing what she knew worked, right? Not, not begging, pursuing, seeking and finding, knocking until the door was open, right? In Luke, if you look at the verse we read in Luke, uh, the, first, the first verse we read, 
You guys still with me? Sitting deep, right? Huh? I'm not deep. <laughs> the Lord's deep. He's really deep. Where is the word verse, verse in Luke? There it is. Luke 11.9. Put it up in the Amplified. Luke 11.9. Luke 11.9. It says, So I say to you, ask and keep on asking. We're not talking about begging again. There's a difference between begging and asking. Begging is not of faith. Asking is knowing who you're asking. Amen? You know, Ramsey will come to me one week and she'll say, Dad, I want this. And the next week she'll say, and I'd like this on it. And the next week she'll say, what's she doing? She's still asking. Why? She doesn't have it yet, but she knows she's going to get it. I want this and I'd like this on it. And by the way, this would be good with it. And, and if we, once we get it, we could put this in it. Huh? What's that? That's persistent asking. Right? Why? She believes in who she's asking. If we believed in God that much, when we didn't get it the next week, we, well, I we don't got that, so I guess I won't ask for anything else because i got to wait till I get that to ask for something else. You don't have to wait for nothing. Keep asking. You can't dream as big as His dream is for you. You can't do it. You can't, you can't out-love Him. You can't out-give Him a desire. He's, his desire for you is greater than your desire. When you receive something from God, you received it of His desire for you, not your desire to have it. Amen? You ask out of your desire to have it. You received out of His desire for you to have it. That's what love does. That's what love does. It's a giver. And see, that's how we should be. We should always be thinking on the giving side. Not on do they deserve it side. You ever notice when people ask you for something, you, your first thought goes to, well, what have they done to earn that? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know why I'd give that to them. They haven't even been a very good kid lately. Did you ever notice love never thinks that? Love never thinks that way. Man, I'm telling you right now, Ramsey could have done the worst thing in the world. I know she loves me preaching about her, especially when she's here. <laughs> the worst thing in the world, and five minutes later, we'd be out shopping, buying or something. Why? Because love doesn't think about whether to get her something because of what she did. I didn't promise her something because she did something right. God didn't promise you love because of how you acted. He promised you love because He loved you before you acted. Amen? Love has already reacted. He pre-loved you. He pre-loved you and me. He wasn't waiting for our action to decide whether He loved us. And He wasn't waiting for our action to decide whether He gave to us. Too many people saying, what do I need to do? I've done everything. I've read my Scriptures. i got them on the mirror. You know, I read them every morning. I'm believing God for my healing. I'm confessing, confessing, confessing. And what you need to do is ask and believe in that love. And believe in that love. And when you don't, when you don't see it, say, you know what? Not only did I ask you for my healing, but Lord, I'm going to ask you for some extra strength because when I'm healed, this is what I want to do. And then, then, then when you don't get it the next week, you say, you know, and on top of that extra strength, you know what I think I'm going to need is a new car. Because when I'm healed, I'm going to want to go places to, to, to tell people what you've done. Amen? 
And, and when you don't get it that way, say, you know what? Not only am I going to... I'm, I'm going to need a good stereo system because I'm going to play CDs so that I get the word. So I want the, I want the car with the good sound and stereo system so I can play the praise music. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're consistently asking, what are, you, what are you doing? You already believed you're having the first thing. You're now adding to it. You're not begging. You're calling on love. You're demanding on you're putting a demand on something that's already there for you. Amen? The supply is not low. Put on a demand. Amen? And he is he desires for us to put pressure on his love. And he desires for us to let others put pressure on his love in us. That's why he said, Give to everyone that asks of you. Why? What are they doing? They're putting pressure on the love of God in you. And he says, Give to them. Give. And to every man what that that asks for the hope with ask about the hope that's within you, be ready to give. What's he saying? What's he saying there? Don't be ready to jump on somebody. Be ready to give. Right? You're not always going to like the situation, but if you're always prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within you, what are you literally doing? You're giving an answer for who you are. Think about Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. The woman caught in adultery. They come to her. They bring her before Him. Throw her down. And He's sitting there. And they say, the law... The law says this should happen. What are they asking for? Justice. They want justice. They want judgment and they want justice. The law says this. Amen? That's what they want. And they said, but then they did the wrong thing. They said, oh, what do you say? What did they do? They put the demand on love to answer. Oh, he's getting, he's getting prepared. He's prepared right now inside him to give an answer for the hope that's within him. Amen? Yeah, they just they ask love to give an answer. They just ask from the very throne of God to give an answer to His take on the situation. Right? You can't put a demand on love and expect a legal answer. You're going to get a level answer. <laughs> Love's not legalistic, it's levelistic. Hmm? And you're getting ready to get a love answer. And when they put pressure on love and they put a demand on him to give an answer, he only had one way to answer out of the hope that's within him. And he had hope for her. He, he had a Jeremiah 29, 11, hope and a future. Her plan hadn't changed just because of her mistakes. You know, too many people think my plan changed because of my mistakes. No, your plan never changed. God had a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And your plan didn't change because of your mistakes. Your mistakes got in the way, but now get them out of the way because the love of God takes them away and begin to walk in that plan. Amen? And this lady, that God had a plan for her life from the day she was born, and it wasn't to be stoned for adultery. And they asked for justice, but then they asked love what it would do. They said, this is what the law would do. What would love do? They didn't even know they'd ask that question. But they asked love. Amen? And love stooped down, got out of, out of the heart of, out of the very heart of God, came up and said, 
And love always gives an unfailing answer. In other words, no one can argue against it. It always gives an unfailing, successful answer. It cannot be argued with. Amen? If you give an answer out of God's love, no one will be able to argue with what you just said. Many people say, well, I, you know, I've, I've, been, I've had this guy and he argues with me every week. Stop, draw on the ground, get the love answer. They'll quit arguing. There's no argument against love. Amen? And so he stopped and got up and he said, if, you, if any of you don't have any sin, well, whoever doesn't have any sin, throw the first stone. Nobody could argue. Love had spoken. Love had spoken and love had saved this lady's life. And the plan of God that, that was always in place came to pass. She, she began to walk in, in a newness of life. Hey, why? Because he forgave her. He said, who, who condemns you now? And she, uh, no one, Lord, neither do I. The only one that could have judged her chose not to. Why? Because love doesn't judge. It's not judge. judge. Judge not and you won't be judged. You'll be like your Father in heaven, right? What's he say? Be kind to the, to the unthankful. How, what is that? That's love. What's he saying? You want to be like me? Love. Be merciful. Love. Forgive if you have ought against any. Love. What's he saying? Everything he's telling us to do, he's saying react in love. If somebody does you wrong, your reaction is based on the... You're going to give them an answer out of the hope that's within you, not out of the, the, the anger that's in your head. Give them an answer out of the hope that's within you. <laughs> you guys with me? Somebody, somebody gives you the wrong order today at lunch? That's your chance to answer for the hope that's within you. Right? You could say, well, I think I told you what I wanted. And it was not fish. I don't even like fish. Now, I would like my meal free. Because you've messed up. You just gave the wrong answer. You need to stoop down and draw in the sand some more. Amen? Because you didn't draw enough. You need to draw on the sand. Amen? God has a plan for us, and it includes us being at the right place at the right time because somebody's going to put a pressure on your love. When, when things come against you, don't think that that's the enemy. Many times that's God putting you there against the enemy. Right? Because that person that's coming against you needs to see that love that's in you. They're waiting, they're asking you without saying it. I'm asking you for an answer to this, and I'm mad. And you come up with an answer out of love. And you change their whole disposition. You change their whole outlook. They leave there with some hope. Why? Because you gave an answer out of the hope that's within you. So you gave them hope. Amen? Everywhere we go, the people that we leave should have hope. They should be encouraged that something better can and will happen. That's what happened with Jesus everywhere He went. He gave out of this love for, for, for people. Amen? And then He gave us this love and said, Go and act like me. Think, think about Peter and John. Peter and John in, in Acts 3. They go. They've been hanging with Jesus, you know. 
And then they got filled with the Holy Ghost. So not only had they been hanging with Jesus, now they're full of the love of God. They've been hanging with Jesus, and now they're full of the love of God that's been shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And they go to the temple, and they're walking along. And you know what? This guy, he's been getting set there forever. And he's asking alms. Since birth, you know, and he's been, he's been not, not able to walk, right? And so he's, they set him there to ask alms every day. And, and you don't know who all he asked, but who did he ask is the key to this. You know, a lot of people say, well, he's been sitting there begging for years. Who did he ask? Who did he ask? Well, he's getting ready to make a mistake this day. Peter and John walk by. And, and he looks at Peter and John. Not at all the crowd. He wasn't talking to the crowd. He looked at Peter and John and he asked an alm of them. An alm is a gift. It's not money. It's a gift. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe this man was asking for money. But he specifically asked Peter and John for a gift. Glory to God. Asked the wrong person that day. Why? He put a demand on the love of God. He just put a demand on the love of God. And Peter and John walked over to him and said, Look on us. What are they? They're already excited. Why? Because they know who he just asked. They know what he asked, but better yet, they know who he asked. They, could have, they, they had asked hundreds of other people before Peter and John walked in there for the very same thing. But then they asked somebody full of the love of God, Give me something. Give me something. And out of that one question, Peter and John said, look on us. Look on us. And what did he do? He looked on them expecting. What? He got hope. Expecting to receive something. An earnest expectation to receive something. He got hope. Yeah, he got hope. And he looked on them and he got hope. They're saying, yeah, he's hoping for some money. Yeah, that's exactly what he's hoping for. But Peter and John got better things than money. God always gives you better than you ask for. He was asking for money. He got exceeding abundance that day. You think after it was all over, they said, hey, wait a second, I can walk. Where's the money? (laughs) You know what? Just walking sounds great, but I ain't got no money. You know what? He was still leaping and praising God for days after that. He had never walked. He got something of so much greater value than silver or gold. Amen? Amen. Peter walks up to They say, silver and gold, I don't have any today. But I got something way better. Such as I have. What's what's he saying? I'm going to give you what I have. What's the word say? Give to every man that asks. He said, you ask, now I'm going to give it to you. Give to every man that asks. What are you going to give me? And look on him. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he gave him healing in Jesus' name. And he reached down and the man received. What did he receive? Strength in his ankles and in his legs. What did he receive? Healing. He received. He expected. He got. He got abundance. He got more than he ever asked for because this is how God gives. And that's what God's saying to us. This is how you, you now have this ability to give in you. Don't always think that what people are asking for is what you have for them. 
<laughs> yeah. You've got something much greater inside you than a dollar bill. Don't just fix. That's why God said, if you ask for a fish, would it give him a snake? God doesn't give you a fish if you ask for a fish. I'm not sure why you'd ask for a fish. You should ask for steak. <laughs> ask for a steak. Get something good. <laughs> he gives you the ability to fish. He gives you more than you ask for. Amen? Amen. When we help people, we, what did He give the lady caught in adultery? A new life. A new life. She came there to be stoned. And she left with a new life. That's what we have in us. We have this very love in us. And when, when the pressure is put on that love, we should answer out of it. We're not kicking people to the curb. We're picking them up where they can walk. When we pass by somebody and they're asking of something from you, check your heart. That may be the next walker. Huh? Check your heart. It's not a show, but it is. If they ask, what do you got for me? Glory to God. What do you got for them? You got the life of God flowing through you and in you. Amen? You've got something to offer at all times. Glory to God. Give to every man that asks of you. Whew, this is good. Thanks for preaching it to me. Where are we at now? Went through those. Man, God's helping us today, isn't He? Persistent asking. How many years had that man asked that's sitting at the gate called Beautiful? He'd ask a long time, hadn't he? Look at 1 Peter 3.15. This is, this is where, this is what we've been talking about, so we should read that scripture, shouldn't we? Asking is an important thing. And, and we need to remember that we, need, we want people to ask us. You're, you're trying to entice people to ask you. To ask you. How do you entice someone to ask you? Well, let the joy of the Lord be in you, first of all. Yeah. You know, you ever seen somebody walking around like this? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And somebody comes up behind him and says, Man, I really want what you got. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen anybody be that sad and downtrodden in a long time. You are a professional at this. And I need some of that. I, you know, I've tried to be sad, and I'm really just not as good at it as you. Can you give me of yourself some of this sadness? That, that will not entice somebody. Christians, people of God, remember who you are. Remember who you serve. Remember who you were and who He's made you to be. Every day. That's why I say when we wake up, we should say, God loves me. Man, God loves me. And then think about what Jesus said. You know what? My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. My future is secure. It doesn't matter what else happens in this life. At the end of this life, I'm going to heaven to be with God. I'm secure. And God loves me. And better yet, He paid for a good life for me here and now. And I have the joy of the Lord as my strength. 
I have the peace of God through promise, and I will walk this out. I will walk this out today. Amen. And when you walk into work, and it's Monday morning, and you got a smile on your face, man, it's Monday morning. <laughs> People say, the first thing they're going to say is, who's that? <laughs> well, that smile changed you so much, it didn't recognize you. And then they're going to say, did you forget that it was Monday? Right? You ever hear people on Tuesday, they say, ah, we're just having another Monday. Guess what? God made Mondays. God made Mondays and He made Tuesdays and every one of them were made for us to serve Him and to be His children. Every day of the week, you're a child of the Most High God filled with the love of God with all the ability and power to change lives that He put in you. Everywhere you go, you have an answer for the hope that's within you. And when you walk in that door with a smile, you're answering. They're going to say, what is wrong with you? And yet, uh oh, you just asked the wrong question. I got the love of God in my heart. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm prospering in my life. God's doing good things in me and through me. I'm going to walk out in joy. And what do you need today, brother? And they're going to say, I need away from you. But they'll come back. They'll come back. Why? Because you're contagious. You are contagious with the love of God. And if we'll just walk out our lives in that, we will draw people to us. It says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. How do we lift him up? We lift him up through his goodness in us. You don't lift him up by telling people they're going to hell. Do you know that? <laughs> Do you know that that's not a good witnessing program? Do you ever win anybody by telling them they're going? To, you're going to hell. They don't even like you, let alone listen to you. Right? That you need to let them put pressure on the love in you, and let that love answer back. Amen. Whenever, whenever they're crabby and in a bad mood, all of a sudden you are patient and kind, huh? Whenever they quit believing in themselves, you believe in them. Amen? Whenever, whenever they're thinking about quitting and giving up, fainting and going away, you persevere with them. Right? That's what love does. That's what the love of God does. And what, what people are doing is asking. They're asking. Whether by, be it by word or by action, they're asking. And we have to have this answer all the time. So that when it does come up and, and, and the lady is thrown before us, we don't say, well, yeah, that is what the law says, okay. He could have answered that and, and, and it would have been, that would have been completely okay. He could have said, yep, that's the law. But they didn't ask the law. They didn't ask the judge. They asked love. That's what people are asking of us. Who are you? Are you the love of God or are you the gavel? We don't need any more gavels. We got enough. You know what? The world's judging itself daily. It doesn't need us to judge it. It needs us to love it. Why? For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. God so loved the world that He sent you after Him. Yeah. You're sent after Jesus. You're the next one sent. God so loved the people at your work that He put you there. Right? People say, well, that's arrogant. No, that's love. 
That's love. God so loved the person at the gas station that He sent you in there today. Right? How many have been in a place where God used you where you, do, you didn't expect to be? It was, that, was, that was just the next place you went. And God used you. That's what God does. Everywhere you go, you are the love of God. And you have an answer in you. That's what he's saying. He's not saying study up because you're getting ready to preach. He's saying preach out of that love. Have what they need when they need it. Right? Remember the guy, remember the, the uh, importunity. That's how I always remember that verse. Huh? Remember what Jesus said, which of you that has a friend comes to him at night and says, it's it's midnight, you're in bed asleep. And he says, give me some bread. I got people over and I didn't make plans for it. I planned poorly and I don't have bread. I need you to give me some, brother. Friend, give me some. Huh? Yeah, beware of people that do that. Man, if you're really my friend, you'd do this for me. Hmm? Are they calling on the love of God or your friendship? Huh? Are they calling on the love in you or your friendship? So that's what Jesus is saying. He even said, He said, even though, he, that, even though they won't get up and give it to you because they're your friend, they will get up and give it to you if you keep persistent. Why? Because they're, you're urgently asking for it. You, anybody ever had somebody call them in the middle of the night and say, man, I need help? And your flesh says, how about first thing in the morning? Huh? And then, and then you hang up the phone. And, and you've left it at first thing in the morning. And man, the, the, the love of God starts working on you. Uh, they need you now. Uh, they're not going to sleep because they need, they need help. Um, yeah, not right now though, right? We, we could sleep first. You know, why don't they call somebody else? Why now, Lord? Why now? Because now is when they need you. And they're not expecting your friendship to get get you there, but the love of God will. Because they don't need your friendship when you get there. They need the love of God. That's where the answers are. Amen? That's how... It's not about... What do the Moors say? People don't need you when it's convenient. They need you when they need you. Right? It's not convenient at midnight to get up and give this man bread. But this is when he needed it. Amen? We have an answer in us at all times. It's whether we decide to give it or not. Right? It's way easier to roll over and go to sleep. And then in the morning they'll say, well... We, we, we got a hold of this person they came and helped me. Why? Because God used somebody else. He passed you by. They needed help now. People say, well, isn't that kind of rude to wake somebody? No. It is never rude to put pressure on love. God put it there to have pressure put on it because it's the only thing that can't fail. You could put pressure on friendship and it will fail. You can put pressure on many things. But you cannot put pressure on love where it fails. It, putting pressure on it only makes it succeed greater. And when you place a demand on the love of God or somebody places a demand on the love of God in you and you respond out of that love, you just now gave them hope. You gave them an answer out of the hope that's within you and gave them hope. 
And now they can go and be and do something that they could not do before. They can make it through a situation that they weren't going to make it through before. Grief was going to get on them, but you, you, got, on, you got with them and encouraged them. And now they're not going to have grief. Amen? They're going to have joy. They're going to have peace. We're here for one another. And it's not always as a friend. It's, it's sometimes it's just as love. Just as love. Just to react out of that love. People say, well, if you were my friend, you'd love me. No, you can love people that aren't, you don't even like. <laughs> Do you know that? You can love people that you don't like. Right? Because the love of God compels you. Right? The love of God will take over. And you'll find yourself ministering to somebody you didn't even want to be near. <laughs> Guys, when we get saved, we're not the prettiest picture in the world. Somebody ministered to you, and they could not possibly like what you were doing. But you know what? The love of God loved you, and it overrode anything anything you could have against somebody and put you in a place to build them up, to bring them up to another place. Amen? To make them who God made them to be, not who they were. Amen? It's not about who you like. It's about letting that love loose. Man, you let that love loose on people and you will make a difference. Amen? Amen. What are they going to do? They'll, that's a, that, they'll start out, you'll find people asking you all the time. Why? Because that person will say, you know, I asked them. And I got this. Man, next thing you know, you're going to be getting asked all the time stuff because they want what you have. They don't want the sad and the downtrodden. They want the happy. They want the joy. They want the love. They want the health. They want the life. They want the goodness of God in their life. Amen? Did we ever read First Peter? Well, let's read it. We'll close with it. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. This is verse 15. 3.15. Sanctify the Lord, God's in your, Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. When, when, do you, when are you supposed to be ready? Why, why do you suppose he said that? There is nowhere you go that you are not going to need the love of God. If you, if you take one minute outside of the love and decide to walk in the flesh, because that's your other choice, by the way. It's your thought or God's thought. <laughs> People say, well, I could think something else. No. If it's not God's thought, it's your thought. Your thought, God's thought. It's two ways of thinking. And he said, I want you to always be ready. So what's he saying? I don't want you ever think another way. I want you to always be ready. In other words, you need to expect everywhere you're going that you're the answer they need. Right? You have the Let me rephrase that. You have the answer they need. Everywhere you go. You're, you are nowhere by happen chance. Right? Just like Peter and John that day. They're going to temple. They're just going to the temple. That's what they do that day every week. What if it would have been just like that day every week and they'd have walked and they'd have not even heard that guy? But they, they were a healing waiting to happen. They were a healing waiting to happen. They're walking into temple and they, they, they hear pointed at them. It's not just they hear. Now the, now the question's pointed at them. What can they do except be who they are? 
And see, that's what will happen with us. You'll be walking somewhere and expecting that. You may be in the mall. Man, you'll, you'll pass by somebody, and all of a sudden they'll stop and say, Hey, do you got a minute? And you'll say, Well, no, I don't have a minute. I'm in the mall. I'm shopping. This is, why are you bothering me? This isn't Sunday. <laughs> isn't that what people do, though? You know, you keep doing that long enough, you'll be like the Pharisees and you'll have every day off of healing. There won't be a healing day anymore. Right? It's, it's not, it's, you always have time. Why? It's a gift of God. You always have time for another human being. Why? It's a gift of God. And you were ready before you got there. You were prepared to be stopped before you got there. If you weren't prepared, you weren't ready always. He said, be always ready to give an answer to every man that asks of you. If somebody stops you, that is a God incident. Right? And you need to take it as just what it is and know immediately with confidence that you have in you exactly what they need that, at that moment. Right? It doesn't mean take them home and let them live in your house. That means search your heart and see what God has to give them through you. You may just be the next step on the road to salvation. You may never be the one that prays, but you're the one that kept them on the path. Right? They were getting ready to quit. And they said, man, you know, I was in the mall. This has been back before Christmas. And this kid comes up to me and... Uh, he has a skateboard in his hand. And I'm sitting there, and uh, Kim and Ramsey were in Dillard's, actually, and so I don't really like the women's Dillard's, so none of the shoes fit me. They got some really pretty ones, but they don't fit me. So I'm sitting outside of Dillard's on those seats out there. This kid comes up and sits there and starts talking to me. And, and he starts telling me, man, you know, I'm just not doing so good. And I don't know why he starts telling me. He starts telling me, I'm just not doing all that good. I haven't even told anybody this. And uh, he said, he's, and he's, I forget what he starts telling me. And I said, well, you know, I think things are going to get better. And this is the season of hope, you know. I said, this is the season of hope. I said, so you can start looking for things to get better. You know, I wouldn't even doubt if today, later, something happens and, 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 and things will be a little better. And he looked at me and he goes, hmm. And he walked away. I don't know what difference that made, but that's what God had for me. I was sitting in that seat for a purpose. You guys thought I was going to pray the salvation prayer with him, didn't you? You thought this was some great story. You know, many of the stories I have won't be great stories. They're one-liners. Right? How many times? He didn't ask me to give him a sermon. He said, tell him this. You know, I didn't even mention God. I just mentioned the season of hope. Why? Because God didn't tell me to do anything else. He didn't tell me to chase him down and say, Ho, ho, wait, we better pray before you leave. <laughs> Guess what? Awkwardness does not bring about repentance. <laughs> the goodness of God does, though. Maybe I was just the next step. I got him one more step towards where he was headed. And at the end of that path, if every person does that, think about that. What if you're just the person 
that keeps them in a row. You know? They say, your job is to stand here and make sure they don't get out of line. And so all you do is this. How important were you when they get to the end of that line and get saved? You gave an answer for the hope that was within you. Why? Because you unwillingly, you were unwilling to step away from who you were. This was your part. And you stood right here and somebody else was on the other side. And every now and then you just look over and smile because why? You know you're getting them where they're going. Amen? At the end of the road, at the end of the road, this person prayed with them. They got saved and now their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Glory to God. You say, well, but all I did was keep them in line. Yeah. What what if you hadn't? What if you hadn't? You got to be a part of the goodness of God. You were ready to answer for the hope that was within you. Amen? It's not always a word. Many times it's an action. But we always have it. There's always an answer within us. It says, be be ready always to give answer to every man that asks of you a reason of the hope that is within you. And how do you give it? In arrogance and pride. Huh? Because that's how they'll receive. Oh, Christian. Hmm? You should be coming to me. Christian. I got the answers. You do not. Big dog, little cat. (laughs) Ain't nobody can hear you. They cannot receive because that is not love. Meekness and reverence. Meekness, remembering who you are and why you are who you are. Not, Not who you are because of who you are. I am a brother. I am a Christian. I go to this church and that church, and people listen to me. And they'll say, not me. (laughs) Right? Meekness. And meekness, that is power. There's power in meekness. What? The power to save. The power to heal. The power to set free, the power to deliver, it's in meekness. Humility, knowing who you were without God, remembering who you were without God, and remember how good it felt when you got God. And you want them to have that feeling. You want them to know that Jesus. Amen? And at any cost, you'll do your part to get them there. Hallelujah? How many, how many meek people I got in here? How many do I have that have an answer in their heart? Everybody has an answer. You have the love of God. We have the ability and the power of God running in us and through us. And we can be who God's made us to be. And if somebody asks us, we're ready to answer. Amen? Amen. Ready to answer. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. God's good to us, isn't He? He's helping us. He's helping us. And you know what's going to happen when you leave here today? You're going to go somewhere and you're going to have an opportunity to use what you heard today. Yeah. And some of them are going to be tests that you failed. Like when somebody cuts in front of you and drives five. Do do I look like I know that one too well? 
And you, should, and you say something like, I knew you were from there. Everybody I know from there drives like that. Or else you say, put the foot on the right pedal. Do I look like I'm well, well versed at this? That's because I've been delivered from that. And now I say, Lord, you put them in front of me for a reason. I ask for them to have an opportunity to know you more today. <laughs> I say, please let them know you more. <laughs> when you walk in and the waitress is having a bad day, instead of, instead of looking down on her, say, I wonder why she isn't better at her job. You love her. And you help her. Huh? When, she, when, you, when your food's late, and she says, oh, I apologize. You know? You say, hey, no big deal. We were just sitting here talking anyway. Not a big thing. And you know, people say, well, that isn't going to make a difference. That'll make a huge difference because people don't do that. You know what people do? They say, yeah, you're late. And I want this free. You know what? As Christians, we should not want free food. People didn't like that. Why? Because we lump ourselves in with people we don't want to be lumped in with. It's not the right answer. The right answer is always love. Amen? In your house. In your house. That's where, it's, that's where it needs to start, right? Right? <laughs> Let me go over here. In your house. Right? When your husband or your wife says something and it grates you. I know that never happens in our house. And instead of snapping back, you say, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> or you know what? Tell me the rest of that story that you told me last week. <laughs> For the third time. While the basketball game's on in overtime. we'll have a chance because God gives us opportunity after opportunity to love one another and to love people. And it's in us to answer right every time. From your house, to the mall, to your work, to wherever you're at, you are the answer they need through Jesus Christ. Amen? You got a song, Michael? Sing it. Living in